ओम नमो भागवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भागवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भागवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नारोत्तम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीरा नष्टभ्रेशु भागवत भागवती उत्तम श्लोके रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवत कैंटो टेन चैप्टर टू प्रेयर्स बाय द डेमी गॉड्स वर्स नंबर सिक्स द the reference to prayers by the demigods um these prayers begin where do they begin verse 23 i think no later uh quite a bit later in the chapter yes verse 26 so we're leading up to those prayers uh we're getting the continuation of the preparations for the appearance of the lord bhagavan <coughs> bhagavan api vishvatma bhagavan api vishvatma viditva khangsa jang bhayam योगमाशत भगवान Shri Krishna the supreme personality of Godhead Api also Vishvatma who is the super soul of everyone Viditva understanding the position of the yadus and his other devotees kamsajam because of kamsa bhayam 
fear. Yadunam. Of the Yadus. Nijanatanam. Who had accepted him, the Supreme Lord, as their supreme shelter. Yogamayam. Unto Yogamaya, the spiritual potency of Krishna. Samadhishat, ordered as follows. Translation in purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki Translation. To protect the Yadus, his personal devotees, from Kangsa's attack, the personality of Godhead, Vishvatma, the supreme soul of everyone, order Yoga Maya as follows. Purport the words Bhagavan Api Vishvatma Viditva Kangsa Jangbayam are commented upon by Srila Sanatana Goswami. Bhagavan Svayam is Krishna. Krishna's too, Bhagavan Svayam. He is Vishvatma, the original supersoul of everyone, because his plenary portion expands as the supersoul. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, Kshetra Gnyam, Chapimang Vidhi Sarvakshetreshu Bharata. Lord Krishna is the Kshetragnya or super soul of all living entities. He is the original source of all expansions of the personality of Godhead. There are hundreds and thousands of plenary expansions of Vishnu, such as Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Aniruddha, and Vasudeva. <laughs> but here in this material world, the Vishvatma, the super soul for all living entities, is Kshirodakashayi Vishnu. What, what means Kshirodakashayi literally? Yes, very good. Vishnu who lies in the milk ocean. <laughs> As stated in Bhagavad Gita, Ishvara Sarvabhutanam Hridesha Arjuna Tishtati. The Supreme Lord is situated in the heart of all living entities, O Arjuna. Krishna is actually Vishvatma by his plenary expansion as Vishnu-tattva. Yet, because of his affection for his devotees, he acts as super-soul to give them directions, sarvasya-chaham, vidhisanivishto, mata, smritir, jnanam, apohanam, cha. What means apohanam? Yeah, it comes to mean forgetting. It kind of means avo avoiding. 
going around. The affairs of the the affairs of the super soul pertain to Kshirodakashai Vishnu. You know this word pertain? Um, yeah, having to do with uh, the affairs of the super soul have to do with Kshirodakshai Vishnu, but Krishna took compassion on Devaki, his devotee, because he understood her fear of Kamsa's persecution. You know the word persecution. A pure devotee is always fearful of material existence. What is a pure devotee always fearful of? Um, So one might turn this around. If we're fearful of material existence, that could, could lead us to become pure devotees if we're enough fearful, isn't it? Something to think about. No one knows what will happen next. Does anyone know what will happen next? For one may have to change his body or her body at any moment. Tata dehantara prapti. Knowing this fact, A pure devotee acts in such a way that he will not have his life spoiled by being obliged to accept another body and undergo the tribulations of material existence. Everyone know the word tribulation? What's a tribulation? Yeah, turmoil, trouble, (laughs) disturbance. Uh, What means spoiled? Spoiled. Turning bad. Damaged, lost. Yeah. Uh, Kind of like also food. Food, when it goes bad, we say it is spoiled. But we also speak of spoiled children. What's a spoiled child? What makes a child spoiled? What, what is that describing when, when we say, oh, this child has been spoiled? Gets everything he wants or she, yeah. No manners, yeah, spoiled. Gets everything they want, demands, and then gets, yeah, that's spoiled. So Prabhupada is saying a pure devotee acts in such a way that he will not have his his life spoiled by being obliged to accept another body and undergo the tribulations of material existence. This is bhayam, or fear. And then Prabhupada quotes a famous verse from the 11th canto, Vayang Vitiyabhinivesata Syat. Uh, and he stops there. We may come back to this verse. This fear is due to material existence. 
Properly speaking, everyone should always be alert and fearful of material existence. What means alert? En garde. En français. Awake, yes. En garde. Properly speaking, everyone should always be alert and fearful of material existence, but although everyone is prone to be affected by the ignorance of material existence, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna is always alert to the protection of his devotees. What means prone? Yeah, or you could say subject to. Although everyone is subject to being affected by the ignorance of material existence, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, is always alert to the protection of his devotees. So first Prabhupada saying, um, we should be alert. And then he's saying, actually, the Lord is alert (laughs) for us. So that's, that's reassuring. <clears throat> huh? um, okay, Krishna is so kind and affectionate toward his devotees that he helps them by giving them the intelligence by which to exist in this material world without forgetting him even for a moment. The Lord says, Tesham. <clears throat> eva anukampartam aham agyanajamtama nashayami atma bhavasto jnana deepena bhasvata this is a good verse to learn <laughs> It's one. It's the last of the four verses regarded as Chatur Shloki Bhagavad Gita. So, if you were looking for a verse to learn, to memorize, here's one you can learn. Translation of this verse, Out of compassion for them, I, dwelling in their hearts, destroy with the shining lamp of knowledge the darkness born of ignorance. That's good news. The word yoga means link. Any system of yoga is an attempt to reconnect our broken relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Oh, they didn't tell them this uh, in one. I went to one sort of large yoga event in Beijing this last uh, March, Beijing, yes. Um, It was, it happened, (laughs) the venue was kind of strange. The venue was was an Audi auto dealer. And they had a large upstairs room uh, with glass all around. And um, on the stage, they advertised Audi. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, and it was full of, yeah, it was, I think it was all ladies. <laughs> there were about a hundred ladies doing yoga. Maybe there were one or two men. <laughs> uh, so I was invited to speak. Uh, I was not the main person they were coming to hear. <laughs> they were doing all their yoga exercises. But I uh, spoke something about what is yoga. Actually, the problem is, uh, because it's China, one has to be very careful about speaking about religion. So I couldn't say what Prabhupada is saying here, Any, at least not directly. Any system of yoga is an attempt to reconnect our broken relationship, broken relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. There are different types of yoga, of which bhakti yoga is the best. We're in the right place, folks. In other yoga systems, one must undergo various processes before attaining perfection, but bhakti yoga is direct. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita, Yoginam apisarvesham madgatenantaratmana That's another verse that Dr. Rick is going to be memorizing. Yes? Why not? Of all yogis, he who always abides in me, what means abide? Hmm. To dwell, to live, to reside. But it has a nice sense, abide, uh, has a sense of um, I don't know, something like loyalty, maybe, dedication, yeah. Of all yogis, he who always abides in me with great faith, worshiping me in transcendental loving service, is most intimately united with me in yoga and is the highest of all. Interesting that Prabhupada uses the word united here. Uh, because sometimes when we when we are feeling nervous about the idea of oneness merging and so on, then we don't like the word unite. Uh, but here, Prabhupada is using the word unite. For the bhakti yogi, a human body is guaranteed in his next existence, as stated by Lord Krishna. So what's guaranteed for a bhakti yogi? Yeah. Guaranteed. Huh? A, a human body. If you're practicing bhakti yoga, you're guaranteed at least a human body next life. You don't seem to be very happy about that. <laughs> How come? Yeah. I, what, what, what happened to back home, back to Godhead? Okay. 
Yoga Maya is the spiritual potency of the Lord. Out of affection for his devotees, the Lord always stays in spiritual touch with them. Although otherwise, his Maya potency is so strong that she bewilders even exalted demigods like Brahma. Therefore, the Lord's potency is, is called Yoga Maya. Since the Lord is Vishvatma, he immediately ordered Yoga Maya to give protection to Devaki. And of course, how Yoga Maya will do this uh, will be explained in the next verse. Stay tuned for coming attractions in this gripping story, the gripping story of the appearance of the Supreme Lord Bhagavan. Krishna, Bhagavan api vishvatma viditva kam sajang bhayam yadunang nijanatanam yogamayam samadishat. To protect the Yadus, his personal devotees, from Kangsa's attack, the personality of Godhead Vishvatma, the super supreme soul of everyone, ordered Yogamaya as follows. It's kind of a, a transition uh, verse. We're hearing how the Lord is about to speak, so it's an introduction to the Lord speaking. Uh, and in the introduction to the Lord speaking, we're being told significance of who is speaking, uh, the significance of the person who is about to speak. It's one way of understanding. He is none other than Bhagavan, uh, the Supreme Personality of God, and uh, he is Vishvatma. Atma, we know the word, means soul or self. Vishva, we know also, right? Vishva means universe, yeah. Um, and Vish, this prefix, Shishi, Radha, Gopina, Ki, Jai, uh, means uh, to enter. Uh, so here we are, we're all in what we call the universe, and um, and we are Atma, we are Self. So in one sense, we could say we are all Vishvatma. We are selves within uh, the universe. But uh, obviously this is not referring to us. It's referring to the Supreme Atma, Param Atma, and he is uh, the self of the universe, which is a, an interesting notion that's very much emphasized in the Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya, uh, where they will say that just as uh, we, as soul, are within this body, uh, so the soul of, of our body is ourselves, uh, in a parallel sense, as a kind of analogy, how to understand the relationship of, of God and the universe, <clears throat> they like to say, I believe Ramanujachari in particular would say, uh, God is the soul, 
of the universe, which is his body. And if you think about that, that's interesting. It means here we are walking around in God's body. Uh, and uh, what's also then interesting is to think about um, Mother Yashoda's experience of uh, seeing in the mouth of the Lord uh, the entire universe. So she was seeing the Lord directly. She was with the Lord. And then what happens when the Lord opens his mouth inside him? He reveals his, his body. Wait a minute. So there's the body of God outside his body. Uh, but of course, the idea of distinguishing body and soul, we remember, uh, was a problem for... Who was this a problem for? On Sunday we discussed Chaitanya Charitamrita to make this distinction. Hmm? Yes, but, um, for the poet it wasn't a problem until um, who pointed out the problem? Sart Damodar considered this a big problem to make this distinction. Well, in any case, here we have it. Uh, and the identification here that Prabhupada makes in the word for word, Vishvatma, the, so, the super soul of everyone. <laughs> so he is the soul of the soul, and he is everywhere uh, within the universe. Uh, we often hear the idea of pervading. The, lo the Lord pervades uh, everything. And when we think about pervading, we might think about the air, uh, how the air is sort of pervading space, but uh, if we go a step further, then we, we become aware that um, there is space, and this space is what is really pervading everything. And so space, akasha, uh, is related with or identified with Brahman. And this happens in uh, the Vedanta Sutras. So I thought we could take a little uh, journey into Vedanta Sutra, Brahma Sutra, to see what uh, sort of discussion might be going on here with regard to Akasha and Brahman. Now, be forewarned, this can get a little bit technical. Um, um, but what's essentially going on is the Brahma Sutra, Vedanta Sutra, is, is uh, an explanation. It's, you could say it's a kind of a purport uh, to the Upanishads. And so it is sometimes referring to or alluding to um, particular passages in the Upanishads. And then it's explaining, this is what's happening. This is what's really going on. Okay, so uh, I'm uh, going to jump into a section we usually don't hear about or hear, we usually don't hear. Prabhupada, when Prabhupada quotes the Vedanta Sutra, what does he generally quote? 
Tato Brahma Jignyasa, which is the very first sutra. And in one sense, he's saying, that says it all. Uh, now, now, therefore, we should uh, be inquisitive about Brahman. And in fact, uh, much of the first, we can say, quarter of the Brahma Sutra is elaborating on that point, why it is that it's Brahman that we should be interested in. Um, but here we have, and this this is the commentary, uh, it's been translated, the commentary of Baladevidya Bhushana, who is our Gaudiya Vaishnava Vedanta Acharya. So we're on safe ground here, I would say. Uh, in the fifth Adhikarana uh, of uh, the first, um, or the third Adhyat, no, the third pada of the first adhyaya, uh, we have a discussion of the topic, <clears throat> the dahara, or the small, is Brahman. <laughs> this, I know, you're going to say, what? Okay, here's what we're talking about. Uh, first of all, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a structure, the Vedanta, discussion has a structure, um, which is that first there will be a subject. And what is the subject here? The discussion, or the, uh, the vishaya, the subject, is taken from the Chandogya Upanishad, uh, chapter 8. Chandogya is the Upanishad, which is usually quoted uh, by the uh, non-dualists uh, to insist to, to insist that there is one single absolute reality, Brahman, and that's the end of the story. <laughs> uh, well, it's we understand it's more complicated story than that. Uh, yeah, in some sense, it's a simple story, but um, in any case, quoting from uh, the Chandogya, here we have: there is the city of Brahman, the body, and in it, the palace, the small lotus of the heart. So the, the heart is here compared to two things. It's compared to a lotus uh, and to a palace. And in that small ether, Small ether? Yeah, so this is going to be the issue. There is something called Dahara Akasha. <laughs> now, what exists within that small ether, that is to be sought for, that's to be looked for, that is to be understood. Okay, so in the Chandogya Upanishad, they're saying there's something, there's a Akasha, there's a... a, a a, a space in the heart, and we should be looking for that. Okay. <laughs> and if they should say to him, okay, now is going to come someone who is um, maybe a skeptic, or maybe just questioning, but maybe skeptically questioning. Now, with regard to that city of Brahman and the palace in it, the small lotus of the heart and small ether within the heart, what is there within that 
that deserves to be sought for or, or that is to be understood. So what is it you're looking for in this space in the heart? Hmm? And so uh, the, the Upanishad goes on to say, here's what you can answer to that person who is um, questioning or challenging in that way. Tell them this. And here it starts to get interesting. Quote, as large as this ether, all space is, so large is that ether within the heart. Both heaven and earth are contained within it. Both fire and air, both sun and moon, both lightning and stars, and whatever there is of him, the self, here in the world, and whatever is not, that is, whatever has been or will be, all that is contained within it, within this uh, ether in the heart. Isn't that cool? <laughs> this morning... Uh, before it got light, it was still dark. I was walking out and I saw it's very clear sky and so many stars and the moon was there. And I had been thinking about uh, this little passage and I thought, wow, this is really cool. All of this that I see out there, uh, which is so far away, is in the heart. Figure it, fig go figure. How does that work? Then he goes on. And if they should say to him, this is again the person who is doubtful, if everything that exists is contained in that city of Brahman, all beings and all desires, whatever can be imagined or desired, then what is left of it when old age reaches it and scatters it or when it falls to pieces. Well, you're, you want to meditate on the heart, but wait a second, that heart is going to get old and it's all going to fall apart. So what's going to be the use of that? You want to know what you should answer to that doubting person? Okay, here we are. Then he should say, by the old age of the body, that that is, the ether or Brahman within it, does not age. By the death of the body, that, the ether or Brahman within it, is not killed. That, the Brahman, is the true Brahma city, not the body. In it, all desires are contained. It is the self, free from sin, from old age, from death and grief, from hunger and thirst, which desires nothing but what it ought to imagine. Now, as here on earth people follow as they are commanded and depend on the object which they are attached to, be it a country or a piece of land. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, the, the, the key idea is, it is the self that is free from sin. Now here, self has been spelled S, capital S-E-L-F. Um, 
referring to Paramatma. So this is getting back to the point being made in this verse that we're reading. Paramatma, Vishvatma is here. But let me go on a little bit. Uh, and he's continuing to re with this reply. He says, and as here on earth, whatever has been acquired by exertion perishes, so perishes whatever is acquired for the next world by sacrifices and other good actions performed on earth. Those who depart from hence after having discovered the self and those true desires for them, there is freedom in all the worlds. Okay, this was all Chandogya Upanishad and now is expressed, and that was the Vishaya, that's the subject. That's what's being discussed. But now comes uh, the doubt. Uh, the doubt is, um, what is this dahara akasha in the lotus of the heart? Is it the material space or ether or is it the jiva or is it the Lord Vishnu? And then the next component of standard Vedanta is called the purva paksha. The purva paksha is um, the preliminary position. It's the it's the idea which is then going to be refuted uh, by uh, the Acharya, in this case Vyasa, um, and what he gives as the refutation, that will be called the Siddhanta. So the doubt is, what is this Dahara, um, material space, uh, Dahara Prakasha, this space within the heart, is it just ether, or is it the jiva, or is it Lord Vishnu and the purvapaksha? It is the element called ether, for the word akasha has the well-known meaning of ether or space, or it may be the jiva or the individual self, because it is spoken of here as the lord of the city of the body and occupying a special, sorry, a small space. So it might, it could mean akasha as in space, material space, umiraponalovayu, come. Uh, another word for uh, space is come, k-h-a-m. Um, or maybe it means jiva, one of these two. And then um, uh, Bhadarayana Vyasa says, the auth, um, well, or in, in the explanation of Baladeva, the author replies to this objection by declaring that the dahara akasha or the small ether is Brahman. And then all of this was just an introduction to the next sutra. And the next sutra says, dahara uttarebhyaha. That was the whole sutra. Uh, which says in translation here, the small ether in the lotus of the heart is Brahman because the subsequent arguments establish it to be so. <laughs> this, this is Vedanta. Vedanta means packing ideas into such condensed form uh, that no ordinary person 
can understand what they're talking about. <laughs> or even extraordinary person. <laughs> and therefore, uh, uh, therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, we read uh, that he uh, gives himself as sort of every man when he's speaking with Prakashananda Sarasvati, who is this Vedantist, and uh, he's asking Lord Chaitanya, why is it, because you are a sannyasi, you are not like all of us sitting and studying this Vedanta? Why are you not doing it? And what was his answer? <laughs> yes, I. my guru told me I am a fool. <laughs> He quotes his guru, guru, murka tumi tomar, tomar nahik vedant adhikar. You don't have the adhikar uh, to study Vedanta because murka. Now, of course, we know Lord Chaitanya is not murka. He's not a fool. But he is uh, saying this uh, for our part uh, to remind us that we might find it difficult to really appreciate what is going on in these sutras. Still, then now you may ask, so why is Swami sitting there and reading from Vedanta Sutra? <laughs> huh? <laughs> and uh, the reason is I want to get back to uh, the natural commentary to Vedanta Sutra, which we are reading, which is called Srimad Bhagavatam. And in this natural commentary to uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, we have this word, Vishvatma. And I just want to make this connection uh, with Vedanta Sutra, because what's going to be elaborated here is when it's speaking of Brahman, actually we're talking about Vishnu. So the, 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 Brahm, the Akasha, the, the small Akasha which is in the heart, what is that? That is Brahman. What is this Brahman in the heart? It is Vishnu. But we go a step further with the commentaries in the Bhagavatam. Uh, the commentators here, Prabhupada says, uh, the words Bhagavanapi Vishvatma Viditva Kangsajambayam are commented upon by Srila Sanatana Goswami. Bhagavan Swayam is Krishna. Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. Uh, because one might say, well, yes, it's Vishnu, because Vishnu is Vishvatma. He is the Lord in the universe, and being the Lord in the universe, he knows what's going on, and therefore he's concerned, and he, yes, he cares for um, uh, those who are being distressed by Kangsa, and therefore it's Vishnu. Sanatana Goswami, different acharyas are saying Vishnu or Krishna, Sanatana Goswami says it's Krishna. So Krishna hasn't appeared yet. So he's caring about, um, he's caring about Devak, Devaki uh, and Vasudeva, you could say in a sense, from outside the universe, <laughs> because Krishna hasn't appeared yet. Vishnu, yes, but from outside the universe, he's, he's making this arrangement. And he's making an arrangement with who? Yoga Maya. 
Uh, the acharyas also point out that it's interesting. Yoga mayam uh, in this verse is uh, given in masculine form. Normally, um, we understand yoga maya is feminine. Um, and incidentally, there's some commentary. Yoga maya is identified with ekanangsha, and ekanangsha is another name for Shimati Subhadra Devi. Mm, so we have another connection there. Yoga maya Subhadra Devi Ki. So, and why, we might ask, is, um, maybe this will be explained in later verses and commentary and purport, but why, we, made, we might ask, um, does Krishna take help from Yoga Maya in this matter? First of all, what is Yoga Maya going to be asked to do? We probably already know. Yes. Yes, some, some, uh, some fetus transferring is going to go on, right? Some divine fetus um, transfer um, to the womb of Rohini. Now, um, I always, I, not always, sometimes I announce uh, as a forewarning, now will come uh, one of the Swami's speculations. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yoga mayam, why male? Because he, now in masculine form, is, inform is involved in uh, in entering in in bringing Baladeva to uh, to Rohini, and someone might be asking, so how is it that Ro Rohini, who is also uh, a wife of Vasudeva, right? How is she getting impregnated? If he is imprisoned with Devaki. How did that happen? Of course, we can say immaculate conception, right? <laughs> but how is this immaculate conception happening? Yoga Maya is involved, and Yoga Maya is Yoga Mayam, male. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Sorry? Well, the plot thickens, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. As an extension of uh, Vasudeva. Anyway, that's okay. Let's just leave that. That's maybe going too far. <laughs> In any case, all of this is happening. Why? Because the Lord perceives mayam, the fear. Uh, the anxiety of his devotee. And so, uh, you know, the bottom line, the essential theme, what, what's interesting for us here is that the Lord is showing that he cares for his devotees.
uh, and his devotees are uh, in, in, in contrast to those who turn away from the Lord, uh, the devotees turn toward the Lord. So, which Prabhupada quotes in the verse, in the purport, Isham, uh, it goes on that verse, Isham apetasya, apeta, apaita, of those who have, uh, or ishada petasya, and those who have turned away from the Lord. Viparya yo asmriti, um, there's a, a a change of identity, viparyaya asmriti, and they're they're forgetting, forgetting the Lord, uh, tanmayaya, by the Lord's maya, tanmayaya to abajetam. However, what do the devotees do? They they worship Him, the Lord. Abhijatam bhaktiya kayeshamam. How do they worship? Bhaktiya with devotion. And then, how does the Lord respond? Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita how he reciprocates with one who worships him with devotion. What's one example? Okay, he gives the intelligence by which we can then serve him. What else? He maintains the devotee. Yes. He takes the offering. Patram pushpam palam toyam yome bhaktya prayachati. When it's when does he take that offering? When it's offered with devotion, right? Yes. And then in relation to more immediate to this, uh, what is it? Samoham Sarabhuteshu na te dvesho stina priya. He's indifferent, he's equal to everyone. Ye bhajanti tu mang bhaktiya. But those who worship me with devotion, mayi te, I am in them. Maite te shu cha api aham, and I aham am in them. So there's this um, interesting, what normally is impossible to be simultaneously one thing in another thing, which is then in one thing. I mean, how does that work? <laughs> that works with. Devotion, that's the way it works. How does that work? With devotion. If somebody wants to know, how does that work? With devotion. <laughs> mm, yes. All right, so stay tuned. Uh, tomorrow we'll find out what Yoga Maya says. What Yoga Maya says. Uh, Sorry, what the Lord will say to Yoga Maya. Okay, Hare Krishna. Questions, comments, discussion, corrections, improvements. Why is it called? 
tradition. I don't know who particular. Uh, it's it's very much about Brahman. <laughs> uh, that's really the subject. And in contrast uh, to the Mimams, the Purva Mimamsa Sutras of Jaimini, uh, which is essentially starting a Tato Dharma Jigyasa. Uh, now is time to uh, inquire and understand Dharma. Uh, the Brahma Sutra says Tato Brahma, Brahma Jigyasa. So it could be taken that um, from the first sutra one takes the title. There is some, I think there's some tradition like that. In any case, within Mimamsa, there is a, a, a tradition of uh, taking six principles by which one can interpret a text. One of these six is what is the first statement of the text, or what is in the beginning of the text, or what is in the end of the text, and then there's four others. What is repeated, what is new, uh, like that. Yes, Paritha. Immaculate conception. Puranic literature is, it may very well be that this is fully explained elsewhere in other Puranas, like Padma Purana or uh, one of the others, but we're not familiar. The Bhagavatam is, I've said it many times before, it's very much a, a concentrated, focused uh, summary um, with a very focused purpose, and so such questions may be addressed elsewhere. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How pure do we have to be? <laughs> they don't care where they are. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I would say what Prabh Prabhupada is addressing his followers, his disciples, his uh, those who want to learn from him, and so he's urging us to be fearful. Uh, in the sense of um, uh, what was, is sometimes called a healthy fear, uh, to have a healthy fear of maya, uh, to uh, be careful, 
to be alert, and so on. Um, but Prabhupada is not, how to say, he's not uh, thereby, he's including himself, I would say. Saying we who are practicing pure devotion. And I like to also quote Prabhupada in one lecture when he said, uh, liberated does not mean having four arms and eight legs. In other words, to be liberated uh, means you can be a, a, a normal person just fully engaged in devotional service. And he did refer to his disciples, um, I think more than once, as pure devotees. Why? Because we're not doing karma, jnana, and yoga. We're doing bhakti. Uh, and so from that perspective... He's being inclusive, but he's including himself in this statement, I would suggest. He's saying, I'm also fearful of material existence. I don't, I don't want it. I am, but it's a healthy fear. <laughs> what does that mean, healthy fear? Uh, it's a fear which has, which serves its function, namely to keep us away from that which is dangerous. Just like uh, it, it's it's a good idea to be fearful of a loose tiger. Um, tigers are practically going extinct in any case. But if if the news came out, you know, there's a tiger loose from the Bel from the Brussels Zoo. I don't know if they have any Antwerp. They have tigers, maybe. So. You know, if the news was out, then we might we might have a healthy fear uh, that it's it's roaming around. But if if we're um, there's there's no reason to believe that there are any tigers loose, but somebody's feeling gripped by t a fear of tigers. Yeah, we would call that paranoia. That's not a healthy fear. That's that's a you know a paranoia. That's not. <laughs> yeah, we we all before we walk out of <laughs> Radhadesh uh, Castle, we we're looking left and right. Where is it? Where is a tiger? But on the other side, um, as Prabhupada is also saying in this purport. Um, mm, a pure, well, that sentence, a pure devotee is always fearful of material existence. No one knows what will happen next, for one may have to change his body at, at any moment. And you have seen this, you have experienced this with our uh, dear Vishveshwar Prabhu some months ago, isn't it? Right here in this very house. Mm. Yeah. Agasura. <laughs> 
elaborate. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, she was fearful for him. So that was her vatsalya, of course. And in the case of the cowherd boys, um, their, what is their uh, rasa? It's sakya. And for them, um, Krishna was, um, they already knew Krishna is, he can do pretty amazing things, so he's probably going to be able to help us here as well. Why not? Um you know, when you're little kids, I remember we used to run around and do so many things. And if there were uh, some older um, kid um, with us, there was also a feeling, you know, everything's going to be okay because uh, there's... I still remember when I was maybe five years old and there was uh, there was a girl lived down the street who was 13 years old, and I thought, wow, she's already an adult, because she was 13 years old. You remember when it was like that? So so they may have seen Krishna, uh, the coward boys, as kind of this older brother, in a sense. Of course, Balaram was the older, the actual older brother, but still, uh, he was doing pretty amazing things, so... Nothing to worry about. He was personally present. But with Mother Yashoda, um, it was a major problem. <laughs> it was a you know, big concern. Why? Because Vatsalya, her, her mood is that of protecting helpless Krishna's little delicate child. So helpless. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Whoops. Yes. Not USSR, other countries, but yes. Yeah, taking risk. That's, I mean, it wasn't that we weren't fearful. <laughs> that was part of the thrill. We were getting lots of adrenaline rush. <laughs> Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it was quite intense. Um, <laughs> but uh, actually, yes, this is a quality that uh, devotees cultivate, uh, is courage. And being courageous doesn't mean that there's no fear. There can still be fear, but you face the fear. You say, okay, <laughs> as as fearful as I am, Anyway, we're just going to do this and pray to Krishna. Krishna will help. Um, yes, Prahlad Bhakta Prahlad, you were going to say something. Yes, that's an interesting analogy. Thank you. Yes, the hologram as an analogy for this connection of big universe, small universe. What 
this all reminded me of was uh, of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's song, Udilo Aruna Purava Bhage, verse number seven. Um, is Jivera uh, Kalyana Sadhana Kam Jagate Asiye E Maduranam Avidya Timira Tapana Rupe Hrit Gagane Viraje Hrit Gagane in the sky of the heart. Uh, Bhaktivinoda says the, the Lord appears in the form of the holy name in the sky of the heart, uh, where he doesn't use the word ak. Akasha, he uses gagana, uh, which also means sky. Uh, I, I've always been struck by that expression, in the sky of the heart. Uh, and then just this morning I found uh, it's also in 12th Canto Bhagavatam. Uh, the Lord uh, appears in the sky of the heart in the form um, I forget how it's put. We can look at that another time. Hare Krishna. Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki. Srila Prabhupada ki. Gaur Premanande.